0: AMSA partner Becker Professional Education provides exclusive pricing to AMSA members for USMLE review preparation. Save up to 25% off their live online and live review programs along with their guided learning resources and extensive question bank. Visit becker.com AMSA for more details. How do residency interviews for neurosurgery compare to other specialties? What makes a pediatrics interview awkward? Welcome to the AMSA AdLib Podcast, where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Though most fourth years will share the experience of the residency interview trail this fall, each specialty adds its own quirks to the actual interview experience. In the lead up to interview season, we'll be bringing you advice and lessons learned from the trail. In this episode, which first aired in 2015, we listen in as then-AMSA board members Trip Hines, Sahar Barfchin, and Janelle Johnson join frequent AdLib contributor Perry Tsai to share their own experiences and questions. Tripp and Sahar had just wrapped up their residency interviews in neurosurgery and pediatrics, respectively, when the conversation took place. Here's Perry Tsai.
1: All right, so Tripp, uh, earlier Sahara and I were talking about matching, and residency, and like how we chose your specialty, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you came to choose your specialty? Sure, absolutely. So I got interested in neurosurgery first semester of anatomy in medical school. Uh, during head and neck, I, that was absolutely my favorite section of all of anatomy, and so that christmas break went back home contacted one of the neurosurgeons i'd worked with the year before and he let me come shadow him let me actually scrub into the or and getting hands on and i can remember distinctly the first time i saw like a craniectomy and saw the brain pulsating oh my gosh with like the heart i was hooked i i absolutely fell in love with it i was like I don't want to do anything else. This is Aww. awesome. So, ever You were, you were a first-year med student? Uh, yeah, that was first-year. that guy just, like, let you come in with them? Yeah. That's awesome. Let me, he's like, here, you can put in this screw. And he was, like, guiding my hand, but he was like, all right, you tell them when you want them to shoot wow. the fluoro and everything. Nice. So.
2: Did you have steady hands? Were you shaking that first time?
1: Uh, I was probably shaking a little bit, but kind of once you – You can almost rest your hands, like, on the field and Uh kind of use that to support yourself. So
2: You're a natural, maybe. Uh, You're not going to admit to it, but you're probably a natural.
1: Who knows? Who knows?
2: (laughs) He's too modest. (laughs) I am dying to know what your interview experience was like for residency interviews because I applied into pediatrics and I just imagine that my interviews were very different than yours
1: sure so you know it it varies of course from program to program as always but for neurosurgery is very small kind of network so everyone knows everyone uh, it seems like and each time you would meet with every single faculty member
2: about how many is that
1: well, sometimes it was up to one place I interviewed had eighteen <gasps> interviews no. over two days was one place. Wow. But probably on average ten. And sometimes they would double up, have like two or three interviewers at the same time, but like a so.
2: committee interview?
1: Yeah, almost, almost yeah. sometimes. But so you interviewed with a lot of people and then even some places you interviewed with every single pair of residents, so PGY one through PGY seven. Mm. So, wow! <laughs> and what kind of stuff did y'all talk about? I mean, anything and everything. I know one one guy was talking about. He's basically the NASA neurosurgeon. Wow! And I didn't know there was such a position. He, the, yeah, I didn't either. And he sees all the patients for for NASA that have any sort of neurosurgical issue.
2: Are you trying to say that he sees aliens and you're just not allowed to say? that? Well, I mean, that's classified, so.
1: I'm not privy to that kind of information. Uh, there's some conversations, some interviews were nothing even neurosurgical related. Right. And... Uh, one guy I met is the NASCAR neurosurgeon. So, if in These the NASCAR, interesting like sub sub yes. uh, <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's very cool though. Um, yeah,
2: there's for those of us not in surgical fields, there's this kind of uh, rumor that for the surgical interviews they make you actually do things with your hands and um, like little exercises to see your dexterity. Is that true at all?
1: I've heard those rumors. I personally was never asked to do any of that. Okay. They're probably just staring at your hands. The whole (laughs) time. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I know probably when you go back for second looks. I'm sure they're looking at that when you're in the OR. I know for I've heard ortho and some of the other specialties. Sometimes they'll make you with like chopsticks and picking up cubes and like stacking them and some other hmm. like you've dexterity. You've heard firsthand uh, witness accounts of that. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> not
2: just more rumors. Yeah. On <laughs> <opinion on> rumors. <laughs>
1: so yeah, I I never had to do any of that. But
2: well, I feel like if any field needs to know how steady and skilled your hands are, it would be neurosurgery. So. Yeah. That's very interesting. Let me ask you this one other thing that I just am very curious about. Um, Your interviews, were they high pressure? Do do you think they were trying to challenge you or see how you do with pressure or just ask you very hard-hitting questions? Uh, Because in pediatrics, it's all happy and flowers, it really is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I never, for the majority, they were all laid back. For the most part, okay. I had a couple where I was like, "I'm on the hot seat," Sweating and a little. <laughs> they're like, "Might say something to kind of see if you'll throw you off." And um, so yeah, okay. It it wasn't crazy. It, it, they were all pretty laid back.
3: I was just wondering because I'm not even to the interview process yet. Um. What are some types of questions that they ask? I'm sure for every interview it's going to be different, but, I mean, there's got to be some sort of general pattern.
2: I was mentioning this earlier, but the questions that I expected and the questions that I got were quite different. Um, I didn't get asked as often as I thought about the classic things like, why do you want to go into this field and what? You know, I did actually get asked quite often, what do you see yourself doing let's say, five to ten years after now or after residency. That I certainly got questions about. But um, but I also just got random questions about things in my application, maybe more related to lifestyle and or um, my extracurriculars like AMSA activities.
1: I definitely got asked on, gosh, I wouldn't say every interview, but at least every place I interviewed, I at least got asked, why I went into this and why I went into medicine and where I see myself in 5 to 10 years. There were some oddball questions. like What was the if, weirdest? If I was a cereal, what would I be and C- why?
2: Cereal like breakfast cereal? Like breakfast cereal. What did you say? Are you allowed to I, tell us? I would really like to know.
1: I think so, <laughs> I mean. Uh, I, w- I said cinnamon toast crunch because it's one of a kind. It's unique.
2: It is unique. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head was Frosted Flakes, but not for any reason or anything. <laughs> just I think that's just the first cereal that came into my head.
3: Is there like a magic answer to the, where you see yourself in five years? Are you always supposed to stay like, oh, I see myself here at this hospital? Or no. Like, oh God, no.
1: <laughs> it's more general. It's like, do you see yourself maybe more academic, or are you going to be private-based? Are you going to be in a large town, small town? Uh, like for me, I always enjoyed teaching, so I always would say, want to be somewhere where there's med students rotating or residents that I can teach and work with and that's something I've always really enjoyed, something like that. So it's not you don't have to be like, I want to be at this place and et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely, it's, it's more general.
2: yeah, I assume they're either just genuinely curious where you will be or where you think you will be, or they just want to know that you thought ahead a little more than, you know, nine months ahead. <laughs> the other thing that I found odd is I've actually, and I don't know if you came across this, but I had, Several interviews where I sat down and they didn't want to ask me a single question. They just wanted me to ask questions of them, um, which I think is good to know to be prepared for, because of course you go in there with questions that you have thought of beforehand, but maybe not an hour's worth of questions is a lot. So you should probably have a backup set just yes. in case.
1: It's It can be painstaking, especially if that person you're interviewing with is like at the end of the day and you have one where, walk in, Hi, nice to meet you. What questions do you have? (laughs) (laughs) And that's like the whole interview. Yeah, it was, that can be painful sometimes Mm because you'd rather just have a conversation and not have to be asking questions all the time. Um, And you
2: feel this pressure to keep shooting off questions or else look disinterested, which isn't necessarily true, but maybe, you know, maybe I don't, don't actually have any more questions by the time I got to my last interviewer, but yeah. you have to, you have to ask and something.
3: Is research something that you guys were asked about a lot? Cause I personally don't have any research publications yet. I don't know if I, I will, but like, sometimes I feel like that's a, a disadvantage to me. And so I don't know if if that's something that they really look for or it's just...
2: Well do you specifically mean publications or having done I research guess publica- at all? I guess publications I guess. Okay.
1: I think it depends on where you're applying but most places at least one person is asking. Some places are more clinical based. They they don't really care. And some fields. In some fields it's extremely variable but for me, most places I went asked me about research. They are like, well, tell me about what you worked on even though ended up not having a publication. So if anything, I would recommend at least having case reports or, or something like that even if you don't have that at your school and, which kind of brings up another thing is coming from a smaller school. If you're coming from a smaller school that doesn't have the particular program for what you're wanting to go into, so if your school doesn't have orthopedics or mine doesn't have neurosurgery, and you don't realize until you get out there on the road and meet some of the other candidates and and start talking to other faculty, and they're like, some realize they're like, you, you have to work really hard coming from a small unknown school and that doesn't have a program to get these opportunities and experiences and they actually really appreciate it. They're like some of the best candidates I've ever met in the past came from places that didn't have a program because Mm. they had to go seek out opportunities. So if you come, people come from small program that shouldn't deter them from uh, going for what they want to do. but have to realize it, it is a more of a challenge coming from a place that doesn't have a program.
2: That's interesting, Trip. So I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. But you're right, it must show a lot of commitment and dedication um, on the part of the student coming from a small program to have to seek out those opportunities, whereas maybe a student at a bigger program had it kind of put on their lap for them, which I could right. also see being the case.
1: So, and,
2: and I do think it has to do with the field. Um, Pediatrics is much less of a research-based um, academic field in that way uh, than than neurosurgery. So I got maybe one or two questions about it. Um, and for me, nobody seemed to care whether it was published or not. I don't know if that's a pediatrics thing, but they just, you know, I think they were happy that I had done research, varied kinds of research, um, and knew what that was like and that i didn't have a publication didn't uh, seem to phase them
3: okay. well other than the interview the actual like application process i've heard again not there yet so i haven't looked into this too much i've heard some people like have like a huge thick book like this their cv and then like i don't i don't know what to bring cuz i know i've done like a lot of Like extracurricular activities and leadership things and stuff, but my resume right now, first off, it looks terrible, and I don't want to spend like the extra, you know, thousands of dollars or whatever, have someone shape it for me. I don't even know if that's worth it, or, or um, what would you guys talk about your applications?
1: No, I mean, there there are many examples online. You can go. I think even the Double AMC is pretty good resource. Has sample templates and. And just using one of those, creating a nice looking CV, trying to put together kind of everything highlighting through medical school, but not being extremely, like excessively long. And then if you have like a mentor, faculty, someone at your school with some experience that has, you know, maybe Dean of Academic Affairs, or even if it's uh, non faculty or mentor. To look at it and go through it with you, I think is probably the best thing. You don't have to pay thousands of dollars. You can do it yourself and then seek out the advice.
2: Yeah, so. use your resources. For me, um, so when you apply to residencies, you have to take that resume or CV that you worked so hard to <laughs> that you worked so hard to put together and make it look nice. Um, and extract it piece by piece to put it into the ERAS system, the online application system. And then you have no control how that system presents it to the programs you're applying to. So your resume prints out this really ugly looking way that the system prints it out for them. Um, The only thing you can do is bring your copy with you on your day of the interview so I did that, you know, I made my CV look nice, I printed it on nice paper, I brought it with me, and nobody wanted it because it was the same information that they had.
3: Do I put every single conference and seminar and convention that I've been to, or, before I was always told, this is before medical school, but like when applying for a job, at that point in time, they're like, you only have enough experience that your resume should be no longer than one page. Now I know it should be longer because I've had more experience, but I don't know what's too long, what's too short.
2: No, that's a good question. Well, first of all, a CV can be longer than a resume, and a CV is just more academic, so we're allowed to do that because we're in an academic field, so it can be a couple pages, but, but it does kind of, it matters what you put on it and how important you think it is. Um, personally, I didn't even think to put in conferences that I attended.
1: Yeah, no, Unless should, I,
2: I organize them
1: yeah you should only you should only put down a conference if you presented at it right so, yeah and and really the CV it's not like you're handing them cV you're the CV is there for you to use as a resource to actually just put it into eras and submit it so I mean
2: trip did you actually give your own version of a CV to any of your interviewers? I did not. Yeah, neither did I.
1: I had like a couple copies right. just in case, but never got asked the whole trail. Absolutely, I mean, right. Yeah, it's just a one time of paper. I even tried yes. offering it. More and more, they and more paper. It. Yeah, I they would, don't want don't know. They're, yeah. They have know. their iPad or whatever and they can pull up your application. Sometimes they'll have a paper copy.
2: But about the length of the uh, resume or CV? I mean, certainly you don't want it to be terribly long because they just won't read to the end of it. But what you can do is you can group activities. Um, so, for example, I would say I would put all of my volunteer hours, at, um, like clinic volunteering, I would group them together, uh, even if they were for different organizations or at different, for example, at different shelters. And some were pediatric and some were adult. I put those under one. Ca- I put those under one. Um, uh, like event or activity, so that it wouldn't take up five spaces or five different activities, but the idea would get through that I have done this amount of volunteering.
1: What was the strangest question you had so far?
2: Huh. I didn't really have terribly strange questions. Oh. Um, I just I did spend. You know, we at one of my interviews, and this was with a one of the, actually this was with a program director. We spend the whole time talking politics, Middle East politics. I think that was maybe, but other than that, I didn't get asked
0: any specific strange questions, or maybe I did and I blocked them out <laughs> off my memory already. AMSA Adlib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Joey Johnson is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. This episode of AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the generous support of Becker Professional Education. AMSA conferences bring together physicians in training to explore current issues in medicine, build clinical skills, and connect with peers and expert facilitators. Join us for our fall conferences this October 21st through 22nd in beautiful Grenada West Indies and in the Windy City, Chicago, October 28th through 29th. Visit amsaconferences.org for more information and to register.